You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into your latest episode of Locked On Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always your host, Evan Settery, joined by Stephen Reed of Stampede Blue. As we are back for another live mock draft here, I know our listeners always enjoy when we are doing this. We still have a couple more left, Stephen, leading up here to the 2021 NFL Draft, which is now just around two weeks away. Exciting times ahead for sure. And before we get into our live mock draft, there's a few quick housekeeping notes here. The last time we recorded together, Stephen, on Monday – Jadavion Clowney was linked to the Colts. We knew he was going to be visiting the Cleveland Browns here soon. The Baltimore Ravens were also the other team that was linked to Clowney. No surprise, though. Clowney signed a one-year deal with Cleveland after visiting there. That, the interest from the Browns with Clowney has been there for a couple of years now. One-year deal, up to $10 million. What's your thoughts on Clowney and Cleveland? Because, I mean, we talked about this on Monday, but I feel like, honestly, for both sides, this is a very um, easy deal to make because it seemed like they both wanted it to happen. Yeah, it seems like it's um, it, it's a good deal for both sides. Uh, when you look at the money, I think Clowney got I think it's upwards of uh, a max value of like ten million dollars on it, um, and I think it was more closer to like eight. Um, and so Cleveland's not breaking the bank; they had a bunch of money still to spend. Um, really, they still have about thirteen million left in cap space and like like that. And Jadavion Clowney really gets an opportunity to not be the center of attention for defenses. Um, playing, you know, Houston and then playing in Seattle and Tennessee. He kind of, you know, at least in Seattle, he was more so the focus of the defense um, or the focus that offense is put on the defense uh, was more towards him. So now he's got Miles Garrett across from him. He's going to be able to take off. Like, he, Miles Garrett's going to get that double team or that help. Uh, Miles Garrett's going to get that chip. Um, by the running back. Javion Clown is really going to have an opportunity here to play opposite a legitimate pass rusher, which he hasn't done since J.J. Watt. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the city of Cleveland and their fans. Um, you know, Cleveland, Cleveland sports fans are some of the best, best in the business. Um, and so, you know, I'm excited for them. I think it makes a lot of sense for, for both Cleveland and Javion Clowney. Before we dive in now to our live mock draft, Stephen, I actually had the chance, our local media did in Indy, to speak to Colts owner Jim Ursay uh, earlier on a Wednesday afternoon. And a couple interesting takeaways from the, uh, the meeting with Ursay, and uh, one I wanted to quote here from Zach Kiefer of The Athletic, who said, uh, quote, on a call this afternoon, Colts owner Jim Ursay says confident the team can draft an edge rusher, left tackle, and possibly even a corner who could be impactful this coming season. I really think we can fill those positions. I think there's a lot of options there, end quote. What's your thoughts on that? Because also Ursay mentioned Justin Houston possibly coming back. I know he visited the Baltimore Ravens today. But it seems like to me, I mean, I know Chris Ballard's good at drafting here, Stephen, but with the lack of inactivity of adding, like, blue chip guys in free agency, once again, the Colts are really betting on Chris Ballard and his scouting staff to hit a home run in this year's draft with all those needs on the board. Yeah, and that's the tough part with the – with the way that the Colts are choosing to build their team um, is you have to hit in the draft. Um, now that said, Chris Bowley's got a pretty good track record. The one position though, he's kind of struggled with is corner. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how and where they address it because the corner class itself is pretty deep 
in terms of guys that can do like very specific things. Um, you don't have that like really like elite, like shut down corner that, you know, that um, Daryl Rivas kind of guy in this class um, for, from what we can tell. Now it, it could mean that the Colts go a little bit earlier at cornerback than what a lot of us thought. Um, could Greg Newsom Jr. or um, Caleb Farley be an option for them at 21 or if they decide to trade back? Um, I mean, it really opens it up. And Chris Ballard and, and Jim Irsay, they've, Jim Irsay almost says too much uh, a lot. I'm sure Chris Ballard would appreciate it if maybe he didn't say as much. Um, so it looks like those are some of the big positions that the Colts are targeting. And it doesn't bode well for Rocky Seen in that situation because they brought back Xavier Rhodes because Rocky Seen really hasn't shown up to be that that top cornerback. He showed it in flashes, but the problem with with, with Yassine was in those big games, in those big moments, he always seemed to get called for penalties. And those penalties on third down, on, on times where you're you've got a chance to get off the field as a defense really, really hurt the Colts last season. And so you got to hope that he grows this offseason, gets another year working with Xavier Rhodes in, in the cornerback room. Um, you, you hope that they're going to grow, but obviously Colts look like they might be taking a, a cornerback early, uh, you know, within the first two days. And quite honestly, that wouldn't shock me either. Um, I know I, I've said – before on the podcast that, that my three positions would be left tackle edge and, and pass catcher. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they go corner either at this point. I think with all these needs, Steven, even throwing in pass catcher to that mix and how Ursay mentioned those three off the top, there are adding impact guys at left tackle edge rusher and cornerback. Assuming they also add in a guy at wide receiver or tight end. I feel like the closer we get to the draft, unless someone really does fall in their lap, like before, even if someone does, maybe someone pays a bigger price to move up here. But with all these needs they want to address here in the draft, Stephen, I mentioned this right when the Carson Wentz trade happened, but I feel like I'm kind of flip-flopping back to this position just because of Ursay's comments today. But you have to imagine here the Colts are going to be trying their best to move back here and try to recoup some capital and maybe try to get like two, two second-round picks here. I know they have 54, but if they move back and let's say – late in the first round or early second round and get um, maybe three second round picks total or a late first and two second round picks to add those really top 50, top 60 picks to the board where Chris Bauer really has hit a lot in the last three years. I feel like that's probably their preferred route. Absolutely. I mean, I think that Chris Bauer, we've talked about this before. Um, normally on any draft board, you've got about 15 to 20 first round prospects. By the time the Colts pick at 21, the likelihood of those top 15 guys being there um, is pretty slim. And so from that next set of group, that ne next set of players, uh, Chris Ballard would rather, I would think, move back, say, with, with a team like Jacksonville, you know, who could be looking for a pass catcher like a Terrace Marshall Jr. for their new quarterback or maybe a left tackle, somebody like that, um, even though they did franchise Cam Robinson for some reason. Um, that they've got picks 33 and 45 in the second round. So they would make a lot of sense. Miami has 36 and 50. They've got just a ton uh, of ability there in the second round. Or you look at, you know, dropping back a little bit further in the first round and, and say you drop back with, with Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, somebody like that, and you pick up uh, another pick late in the second round um, to go with that, that late first rounder. And, and I think that's ideally what the Colts would like to do. Um, 
with their draft picks, especially with 21, unless somebody like, you know, Quiddy Pays there or Christian Derrissaw, somebody like that falls to them unexpectedly. And quite honestly, even then, Chris Ballard might still drop back just to get more, get more shots at the board. Um, if they, he doesn't feel like that's going to be just the absolute difference maker for this team. Colts fans, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have 18 amazing flavors that include nut and non-nut flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. The Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy out there as well. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. For example, the Cookies and Cream Built Bar has 17 grams of protein within 130 calories. A great tasting snack that'll tidy your throughout the day. A free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order of Built Bars. Get all the sports news you need under 20 minutes of the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news of every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive in now, Stephen, into our live mock draft here. We've done Pro Football Network in the past. We're going to do PFF just like last week here, Stephen. So I'm going to start the draft right now. Colts obviously pick out 21. We'll see how the board falls there as well as any trade options for them. Very intriguing, the guys on the board here still, Stephen. In our last mock draft, we went with Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher out of Michigan. Quiddy Pay, once again, is on the board here for us at 21. We also have really all the top edge rushers on the board here still. Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, Jason Owe. The only guy off the board at this point looks to have been Aziz Ojulari, an uh, edge rusher out of Georgia. You also want to go over check out edge rushers we just did there, but left tackle. We have guys on the board like Tevin Jenkins still. We have Sam Cosme on the board, Alex Leatherwood. So really this has broken well for us once again, Steve, at important positions of need. We can check out cornerback here as well, just based off Ursay's comments today. Greg Newsom, the second out of Northwestern, which Chris Bauer went to his pro day. He's on the board for them here as well. Before we even get into the trade options here, Stephen, I feel like this broke pretty well for the Colts where you have guys like Newsom, Pay, even Phillips, Owe, Jenkins, Cosme. I think this opens up the door more, I mean, with all these guys on the board for them to possibly trade back. Yeah, I agree with you, Evan. When you've got a lot of guys that are similarly graded, it makes a lot more sense to drop back just a few spots if you can. I don't know what what trade opportunities we might have right now, um, if any. Um, but if we've got those trade opportunities, you look at it with all the guys that they've got and all the positions that it seems like the Colts are, are going to be looking at, at least early in this draft, I feel like trading back might be the ideal option right now. Yeah, we went over the prospects there, Stephen. Let's go ahead and look at the trade back options on the board, at least teams that are interested. Maybe we went up to 21. A really intriguing one. This is kind of right in the Colts' wheelhouse, in my opinion. The Cincinnati Bengals want to move back up here from pick 38 in this year's draft. They obviously could be a really bad team again next year, so you could possibly get a 2022 pick in there as well. They took Jamar Chase, wide receiver out of LSU, in the simulation with their fifth overall pick. And with all these left tackles on the board here, Stephen, I imagine that's probably why they're moving up to get a guy like a Tevin Jenkins or a Sam Cosme or even a, another weapon for him if they want to for Joe Burrow. So they have uh, Bengals are interested here as well as the L.A. Rams, who are at 57. I don't know if I want to move back that far, honestly, but looking at the Bengals here, is, is there any possibility, Steve, you want to move back here 16 spots, 17 spots, and get a top of the second round pick? I think, I, I think I'd like to try it out just to see what we get. I know other times, if this was the real draft, we're probably looking at uh, Pay um, in this situation, but I think we did that last week. So let's go ahead and, and drop back, see what the Bengals are willing to take from us um, and see, you know, see what we get. 
Yeah, let's go ahead and look at that, Steven. I'm also pulling up the uh, Draft Tech value board, which is a Jimmy Johnson, the famous one that he's put together over the years. And the Colts with the 21st pick. Have, oh, go ahead. I'd offer 38-69 in a round two in 2022. See, see if we can maybe grab it. Yeah, that would be a really good one there. That's pretty much, I think, fair value on both ends there. Let's try that out. They did not accept that deal. Did you want to maybe try a third-round pick next year, or do you, maybe they're kind of being a little stingy here? Um, I think they're probably being a little stingy here. Um, but, yeah, go ahead and try the, the third-round pick or swap it out and do 38-69 and 112. All right, let's try the future third. They did not accept that either. So let's go ahead and try 38-69-111 for 21. They did not accept that one either. Do you feel comfortable enough, Stephen, to drop back for just 38 and 69 for 21? That means the Colts would have three second-round picks, 38, 54, and 69. Um, you know, I'd feel okay with that and see if, see if they'll take that. Let's see if they do it. Trade is accepted here, Steve. I'm going to go ahead and pull up the value chart, move back here. It's kind of a quintessential Chris Bauer trade right there. Even though I don't get a future second-round pick in this, they move back at three second-round picks. We all know Chris Bauer loves those second-round picks. According to the value chart, the Colts' 21st overall pick is 800 points. The Bengals' 30, 38th pick in this year's draft was 520. So I'm going to add that up here for you guys. 520 plus the 69th pick in this year's draft for 245. 765. So the Colts really are in the Bengals make a pretty fair trade. I know Ballard usually doesn't lose in the draft value chart, but according to this, they did um, lose negative 35 points in this one. I, I think it's fair. I, I think I'd say this deal is fair. The Colts have all these options on the board to move back a couple of spots here. I imagine maybe one of those left tackles or edge rushers could still be on the board for them. So let's go ahead and accept that trade to do this simulation here 38 and 69 for 21 at the Cincinnati Bengals. And we are back up on the board for the first time, Stephen, at pick 38 in this year's draft. Looking at the left tackles here, edge rushes as well. I'm going to pull the boards here on PFF. We do have a lot of good options here still on the board. The edge rushes are pretty much gone here, Stephen. We still do have guys in the 54 range who can make sense there. But looking at left tackle here, we have Dylan Radins out of North Dakota State, Tevin Jenkins of Oklahoma State, and Sam Cosme out of Texas there. It kind of feels like to me, Stephen, I, I just want to throw this in there because – the with the next pick series dropped this evening here on Wednesday night. And we've known this for a while. If you listening to the show that that blurred out picture with Frank, Reich and Carson Wentz, that was Sam Cosme pro day tape. I feel like here, like with the athletic scores he's had, he's a 9.99 RAS score, one of the best overall in this year's class. One of the most athletic left tackles to come out here in the last few years. It kind of feels like to me after moving back that Sam Cosme could be their guy here, Steven. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It's something that you and I talked, uh, we exchanged messages back and forth about it um, earlier tonight, actually. And I'm mentioning that the the image behind Frank Reich in the, Frank Reich in the uh, meeting with Carson Wentz was totally blurred out today. The first time they showed the video, it wasn't blurred out at all. The second time, it was just kind of blurred out. And then this time, it was totally blurred out. So I would feel really confident at this point going with Sam Cosme. I think that he's somebody that, that makes a lot of sense for the Colts. I, I believe he's got experience on, on both sides of the line. Um, and so he's one of those guys that I think just makes a ton of sense for the Colts. He's got 21 starts at left tackle. Um, he's got that athletic score that they really like. He's got length. Um, yeah, in terms of he's very tall, he's, he's got very quick feet, he's able to get out 
um, very good in pass protection. He's very athletic, able to get to the second level. Um, and it'd be a lot of fun to see him just kind of go and, and go after guys in the second level and, and be able to, to just see what he does there for that left tackle position for the Colts. I think he makes a lot of sense. Before we take Cosme here, Steve, we do have some trade offers on the board here to move back some more in this year's draft. The 49ers here at 43 after taking a quarterback early on want to move up here. I don't mm-hmm. know who it could be for, but they're five spots back here at 43 overall. I don't know if you feel comfortable doing that, but they're one of the team's interests as well as the division rival Tennessee Titans at 53. I feel like if they are targeting Cosme here, Steven, you're kind of rolling the dice. Uh, it's looking at the Tennessee deal, but maybe you could try to uh, finagle some with the 49ers here. Do you feel like at this point you feel comfortable making a trade back five spots and still getting Cosme? Or do you feel like at this point the Colts might not want to roll the dice here, play it safe and get their guy at 38? I think the Colts will play it safe here. The other thing to consider is San Francisco, I don't believe, has a third-round pick until, like, pick 103. It's in the comp pick range. And so if they were to trade back from four, from 38 to 43, the the pick that they would get back in that, that trade scenario would be 103. And I don't know if Chris Ballard really wants to risk that, especially if a guy like Sam Cosme is is the one they're targeting. Yeah, totally agree with you there. Let's go ahead and lock in Sam Cosme, offense tackle out of Texas. He's a blue star prospect as well. I think one of the best fits overall for the Colts and what their needs are here in this year's draft class. We're going to be back on the board here at 54. And like we mentioned, I mean, just go based off Jim Mercy's comments today. I mean, it seems like they are content with wide receiver and tight end. Maybe they wait till day three to address those needs. Maybe if the board falls their way, that could change. But looking here at cornerback and edge rusher on the board here, Peyton Turner out of Houston is there. We also have a couple more guys on the board at edge rusher that can make some sense. Joe Tryon out of Washington. I know Chris Magaha, their West Coast scout, was actually conducting Joe Tryon's drills at Washington's Pro Day. That could be really intrigued by him. He was an opt-out this past year at Washington, but he has flashed a lot on tape from what I've seen. Going over the cornerback, though, based off of Ursay's comments today, Ifiedu Melifonui was there, force of 54 to Syracuse, really checks all the boxes for them. Really good in zone, very long, lanky, athletic, an elite RAS score as well team captain, senior bowl, really seems like he checks all the boxes the Colts look for there. What do you think here, Stephen, before we dive in? There's a couple trade offers on the board here, though, but do you want to stay put and take a guy here at 54? What's available at wide receiver? Let's check that out here. At wide out, not really a lot. It looks like those guys got pretty much cleaned out here. The top guys in the okay. BFF is uh, Tylen Wallace, Jalen Darden, and Amon Ross St. Brown. Nah. All right. Yeah, I know sometimes the wide receiver will fall. Um, and, and that's one of those sneaky positions that I think the Colts might look to go after early. Um, if they trade back, just kind of a gut feeling. Um, somebody like a, like I've mentioned before, Terrace Marshall Jr. makes a ton of sense uh, for what the Colts like to do. Um, I think if Fiddy Milifanu um, makes a ton of sense right here at 54, especially giving Jim Irsay's comments, um, and then adding on to the fact that in this scenario, we also have 69, pick 69 coming up. So we're probably going to be able to get an edge rusher that we like at 69. Um, and then being able to get a guy like Milifonwu here um, just makes me feel a little bit better about the cornerback position. I think he's going to be able to come in, work hard, and, and play right away. So yeah. what kind of trade offers do we have? 
Yeah, let's go ahead and look at those trades. There's one on the board here from the 49ers, but they don't pick till 102, so I'm just going to go ahead and scratch them out. But division rival Jacksonville wants to move up here from 65, so that's 11 spots back. They have picks here at 65, 106. So I'm not really intrigued by maybe adding a fourth-round pick here, but would you want to move back 11 spots and see if they'll give you like a future second-round pick? Let's see if they'll give the future second, because at that point you know that it's going to be pretty high. So if they're willing to give the future second here to drop back, and then I would – I would make that gamble because let's be real. Jacksonville is going to probably be pretty bad next year. And it's going to be a top 40 pick. Yeah. Let's go ahead and try that real quick and see what happens. Wow. They accepted that deal, Steven. So it looks like here that's going to give the Colts okay. another top 35, top 40 pick in next year's draft recouping some of that Carson Wentz trade value. I, I, that's a home run trade in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't think they would take it to be totally honest with you. Um, but you know what? Sometimes uh, this is one of those things that we have to realize um, the chart sometimes doesn't matter to some teams uh, and that they are going to go after their guy. And, and this is, seems to be one of those situations where Jacksonville has a certain player in mind and they're willing to give up that future second round pick to get a guy in the building this year. No wonder why, Stephen, because it looks like here they stopped the slide of Najee Harris at 54. So I could easily see why with the running back. Oh, yeah. that, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that, I mean, that makes perfect sense, too. Let's go ahead. Now we're at the top of the third round here, Stephen, and we still have Ifiedu Melifonwu on the board for them at pick 65. Looking at the edge rushers here on the board as well. Still have Joe Tryon there out of Washington. Looks like uh, Peyton Turner did go during that, that simulation, but we still do have a lot of intriguing options on the board here. We actually have six trade offers, too, as well. Like, there's a lot of teams that want to trade up here. Uh, Panthers at 73, Washington at 74, Cowboys 75. Do you feel like you want to move back again here, Stephen, or do you just want to take Melifonwin and not risk it? Um, I probably mean I'm looking to just take Melifonwin and just not risk it at this point. Let's go ahead and do that then, Stephen. I really like the uh, addition of Ifiudu Melifonwin. We work again in four spots at pick 69 from the Bengals. Looking at this, Stephen, let's just talk about Melifonwin for a second. He long-rangey guy with Ursay's comments today about wanting to add an impact corner. I can envision a scenario next year, Stephen, where it's Xavier Rhodes and Ifiodo Melifonwu as your boundary corners, Kenny Moore as your slot option. And then maybe after Rhodes' contract ends next season, you could have, if they still trust Rock Yassin, you could have Melifonwu, Yassin, and Moore be your long-term trio there at corner. Honestly, yeah. I think that he makes a lot of sense um, in terms of his length for what the Colts like in their, their corners. He's also physical, so – you don't have to worry about him as a tackler. Like you mentioned before, I, I believe he's a blue star pro prospect as well. Um, he was a, I believe he was a team captain. He went senior bowl, all that. Um, and so I, I feel like he is a guy that could, I, I, there's rumors that he could sneak into the, the later end of the first round from certain people. I know Matt Miller over at the draft scout and now at ESPN has said that he's talked to teams that don't – He's talked none of the teams that he's talked to have a, around one or two grade on him. Um, but Milifonwu is a perfect fit in his own scheme um, based on his tackling and that in his length. He's, he's a smart player. He's able to, to be consistent. It's something that – he's not a handsy guy, uh, which is kind of the, the issue that that obviously Rocky Seen had. Um, he, He's got quick feet. He's able to, to flip his hips and run if he has to. Um, but his best situation is his own. And that's obviously, you know, anybody that's listening to this podcast 
should know at this point. That's the type. That's the system that the Colts play. Is they play a zone defense. So it, he makes it just a ton of sense there. At, at sixty-five, you know, were able to get our guy. So I, I feel really confident about that. Let's lock in Efia Dumelafanu, cornerback out of Syracuse here at pick, pick sixty-five. We're back on the board here in a couple spots at pick sixty-nine. And at this point, Stephen, we have to imagine they're going to address edge rusher. It's a big need for the Colts. Maybe take a swing on some guys here. Top of the board here for them, Rashad Weaver, edge out of Pittsburgh. Joe Tryon, edge out of Washington, are the top two guys on the board here. I'm kind of leaning towards Joe Tryon here, Stephen. We do have a couple trade offers as well on the board here, but Joe Tryon is an intriguing guy to me. Uh, he has all the athletic tools. He he's, did very good at Washington in his sophomore year, opted out this past year due to COVID-19. But he's one, like, if he does hit, he has all the physical measurables to really be an impact guy as a three-down guy. Yeah, he makes a lot of sense um, in terms of his ability. And the one thing that I, I will ding him on is is I just – I feel like Chris Ballard's going to want guys that played this year. Um, like, for whatever reason, it, it just seems like uh, he's going to need to gain a little weight um, I think to be that, that consistent edge, but I, with the Colts system and Rusty Jones there, I think the Colts are going to be able to give him a little bit more weight while still keeping his explosiveness. Cause that was his big thing is he was able to get explosive off the edge and he was able to, to bend and get under. Um, he has, I believe an elite RAS score as well. Um, so he's, pretty solid um and, and i feel really comfortable taking him here um at 69 especially like you mentioned before it, you know jim mercy's comments today um along with what we've all kind of predicted the colts will do for what now four months uh that they're going to address the edge position at some point pretty early in the draft and this would qualify i think try and makes a lot of sense yeah trying a six foot five 260 Good arm length, too, 34-inch arms. It's actually longer than guys like Ben Banigou, Taekwon Lewis, and Kamoko Ture. It's that measurable there as well. Was a very good athlete as far as vertical jump goes, as well as 40-yard dash, 80th percentile at 40-yard dash, a vertical jump in 72nd percentile. So he has the explosiveness as well. A little bit of a gamble here on Tryon, but I think it's something that the Colts are interested in. Like I mentioned before, Chris Magaha, the West Coast scout, actually ran all of his drills. So there's obviously has to be some interest in Tryon from the Colts at that standpoint. His top, actually, athletic comparables here on mockdraftable.com, they actually updated their edge rushers here earlier today. Nice. Robert Quinn out of North Carolina and Clolin Farrell out of Clemson. I know Farrell hasn't done well in the NFL with the Vegas Raiders, but he's the athletic profile is certainly there for a guy like Joe Tryon. And Robert Quinn, uh, he's a guy who's played for the Rams in the past, Cowboys, also the Chicago Bears recently. If he's sort of like a, a Robert Quinn type of player here, Stephen, a good run defender, that's one of his, his calling cards. I think Tryon is a good run defender effortless motor too as well never takes plays off sort of fits the mold there of a, a guy if he does hit is a three down guy for them bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but nba and the nhl are in full swing bet online and covers awards tv shows and reality tv real-time data odds and props almost anything you can imagine bet online is careful news scores and odds and it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up head to the website your, your mobile device right now sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus your first deposit Again, that's 50% off your only first deposit with Bet Online with the promo code Locked On. L O C K E D O N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 featuring an analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. 
our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mog Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, he, he's pretty good at setting the edge. Um, it's It makes a lot of sense. I think that he's going to slide. Here's the thing is, if he would have played this year, I think that he might have been worked his way into the, the second round, maybe even you know later into the first round range. But the problem with a lot of these guys, it, unless you were like a Penny Sewell, a Jamar Chase, a Mike Parsons, guys with like a huge name to begin with, it really – kind of put you behind the eighth ball and you're going to slide down. Um, if Tryon was able to keep keep working out and was able to to keep up with where he left off after his sophomore year, then, again, he makes a ton of sense for the Colts uh, here as a guy that could potentially step in and be able to play right away, uh, which is not something you normally get with third-round picks, uh, especially at the edge position because it's such a position that you need to have – Guys that, that are able to come in and start right away at the edge position um, normally are taken on day one. Um, and if you get one on day two or three, you're looking at like hopefully a projection that within the next year or two, they're going to be able to step in. Uh, Tryon would be able to be able to play in, in the Colts scheme and, and feel comfortable with it. Yeah, let's go ahead and lock in Joe Tryon, edge rusher out of Washington with a 69th pick in this year's draft on PFF, our live mock draft. Just real quickly, though, um, I don't know if you saw this, team, but in his latest mock draft update, uh, Daniel Jeremiah actually had Joe Tryon going 30th overall to the Buffalo Bills. So I think there might be some oh, wow. some buzz around Tryon in the NFL community where he could be like a, a late first, early second round guy. So getting at 69th overall is a, a steal in my opinion. But looking at his strengths here from Lance Zerline on his NFL draft profile here on NFL.com, long athletic frame, has just about every trait teams look for in edge rushers, decent play strength, tough enough to the point of attack can shed ends quickly when hands are right, hand skills flash as well and run defense, and he grinds and moves a proper knee base. And he's also, it says, burst of the quarterback is no joke, and out, and it's still comfortable dropping and covering if need be. So he definitely does have the traits the Colts look for there. So Joe Tryon out of Washington, we're going to lock in here with a 69th pick in this year's draft on PFF. We're back on the board here, though, Stephen, at 127. We've addressed so far um, off its tackle with Sam Cosme. Uh, Ifiade Malafon with a cornerback, Joe Tryon with edge rusher. Have to imagine your steam at the uh, beginning of day three for the Colts. They're going to be trying to add a weapon here for Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, my guess is here at early on on day three that they'll be looking at the tight end position um, specifically, um, potentially wide receiver. But uh, I, those are the two that I would kind of focus on, especially after drafting left tackle corner and edge rusher there with the first three picks. I feel pretty confident that they're going to go uh, add a weapon for Carson Wentz here. Yeah, on the board here at 127, I have the tight ends and wire series pulp on PFF's big board. Tommy Tremble, our guy on there, Dame is here at 127. Going to the wide receivers here, Nico Collins out of Michigan tops their board as well. I feel like it's between those two guys here, Stephen. Where would you lean between Tremble and Nico Collins? That's a good question. Um, I think Tremble makes more sense uh, for the Colts just because he's got more of what they they look for in the tight end. And you got to think that Jack Doyle, he's struggled recently. Um, and, you know, Moali Cox is going to be a free agent and unrestricted free agent next year. 
And so the Colts are going to need to address the tight end position. And plus, obviously, Frank Reich loves the tight end position. So he loves to, to play with multiple tight end sets. Um, the one thing about Nico Collins is I really like him as a prospect. Um, he's got some things to work on. So for him, it'd be more like taking him to kind of try to stash. And I know the Colts are really high on Desmond Patman. And so I would tend to lean towards taking Tommy Tremble here. And I know we've done it in the past. So it, it kind of is a bit of a lame pick um, that we've already talked about. But Tommy Trimble just makes so much sense for the Colts in, in what he can offer in, in both the, the pass game and uh, as, a, as a blocker. I tend to agree with you there, Stephen. I think Nico Collins would be an interesting dice roll here. If he does hit, he'd be a great compliment in this offense. But I think more so, like, with these X-type receivers, they have Michael Pittman Jr. We know how high Frank Reich and Chris Bauer and the rest of the Colts organization is on Michael Pittman Jr. So it might be a little redundant here to take Nico Collins. So we're going to roll with Tommy Tremble. I think he's just stylistically one of the best tight end fits for the Colts in this year's draft. You get him at 127 as well, Stephen. That's a home run pick. Yeah, especially get him here in the fourth round. I think, honestly, if the Colts are going to be able to get Tommy Trimble, it's probably going to be in the third round um, after either trading back from 21 um, or having to trade up from the fourth round to get get him. And as we found out last year when Chris Ballard was trying to trade up for Danny Pinter, teams just wouldn't trade with him. Um, and so it it just seems like uh, they're in the, the later rounds The for whatever reason, uh, unless it's a really, really in that team's favor, the Colts just aren't getting those trade offers. Let's go ahead, Stephen, and lock that pick in. Tommy Trimble at 127 for the Colts, Notre Dame tight end. Back on the board here at 165, our fifth-round pick for the Colts, and we're going to look at wide receiver as well as safety because it looks like the Colts are very interested in a lot of safety this year's draft. This could be a sweet spot for them as well. Looking at wide receivers first off here on the board, the only guy that was taken in that time was Nico Collins. So it looks like Simi Fahoku out of Stanford is there. Austin Watkins out of UAB. Trey Walker out of San Jose State is another guy here. Jonathan Adams Jr. of Arkansas State are some intriguing options. Going to safety here, Stephen, this is a really intriguing list here as well. Tyree Gillespie out of Missouri. DeMar Hamlin out of Pittsburgh. James Wiggins out of Cincinnati. And Jacoby Stevens out of LSU top the list there at safety. So I really like Jacoby Stevens. Um, He's one of those guys that I think is going to be underrated. Um, Now, that said, I I think Simi Fihoku might be a a really good sleeper for the Colts Um, just because of everything he offers. He's big. He's uh, one of those guys that's going to do anything to help the team win. He's really physical at the point of catch. He, he can get down the field, be a ver- vertical threat. He's tall, 6'4", 220, right around that range. Um, so he's pretty much what Chris Ballard really likes in a wide receiver. I want to say he's also got an elite RAS score as well. Um, and so he makes a lot of sense. I, I'll say this, Jacoby Stevens is, is a guy that if if we could grab either player at 207, I would be – just incredibly excited. Um, so I don't know which one might be available there um, or whether they're both going to go in this time. So, yeah, Simi Fihoku, he's got a RAS score of 9.18, which is elite. His three cone was uh, sub seven seconds, is 6.78. Um, 
he had okay explosive scores, um, but was pretty quick on the vertical dash. So it's one of those things where Sumi Fahoku makes a lot of sense. And again, he's a guy that it, when I've been playing these mock draft games, he's a guy that I've been trying to sneak in here in this, this round five, round six range, because I think that he'd be a really good player to sit there and compete with Desmond Patman. Um, and this is one of those guys where I think that he's probably going to be a little bit more consistent um, than a guy like Nico Collins was. Yeah, and that's a fair thing to say there. Just for those wondering who Simi Fahoku is, he's a wide receiver out of Stanford, a junior this past year, 6'4", 222, has very big hands as well, 10.25-inch hands. And looking at his profile here from Lance Zerline, NFL.com, highly coveted blend of height, weight, and speed. Expected the test well to be an explosion, which, like you mentioned there, Stephen, today was a plus-nine RAS score. Football runs throughout branches of family tree, good DNA. Uses outside, used outside and from the slot, creates big slot matchup issues for smaller corners, and speed to climb past cornerbacks. Also has leverage opportunities for easy crossface with the stem, footwork and body control for sudden catch adjustments, above the rim talent with strong hands for jump ball situations, and focus on athleticism to bring in acrobatic grabs. So something he has very strong hands, and one that, like you mentioned, could push Desmond Patman for that WR4 spot long-term. Fahoku is just another guy who could be a jump ball weapon for Carson Wentz down the line as well. I do like that pick. I believe he was a team captain at Stanford as well. I'm not sure on that, but I believe from what I've read, he was um, a team captain for them. So that definitely fits the mold for them as well, Steven. So let's go ahead and lock in Simi Fahoku, wide receiver out of Stanford, to mix things up here in our mock draft. Because he's one, I think at this point, the Colts would want to target a weapon and then get one here for Carson Wentz with Simi Fahoku, wide receiver out of Stanford at pick 165. We're going to be back up on the board here in just a second here, Steven. At the top of the sixth round at 207, you lean in towards safety here, like you mentioned? I think so. I'm look, looking at safety and then probably also edge rusher um, here just to, again, we've talked about this before. It's one of those positions you can never have too many edge rushers. Um, and so I'd look at safety, edge rusher, maybe even corner, um, you know, maybe get a bigger corner that you might feel comfortable dropping into that safety role. Um, but I would probably look at safety first and foremost. All right, let's go ahead and look at all those positions you mentioned there at the top of the board. We have safeties at Ashari Crosswell out of Arizona State. Uh, looks like uh, Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma is the other top one. Greg Eisworth out of Iowa State. Leon O'Neill Jr. out of Texas A&M. And Trey Dean out of Florida. Top the list here at safety at 206. Looking as well at cornerback, Shamar Jean Charles out of Appalachian State the top corner on the board for them at this point. And uh, Mar Marco Ball of IU is the second one on their list at corner. Diomador Leanmore out of Oregon as well tops the list. And then going to edge rusher here, Jonathan Cooper out of Ohio State and Patrick Jones out of Pittsburgh top the list at edge rusher for PFS. Yeah, not not in love with those those options. Um, a guy that I think might go a little higher than some people think is Darren Hall. I don't know if he's available as a cornerback out of San Diego State. Um, he, he's a guy that I think uh, could potentially, you know, kind of sneak into the this mid-late round um, range there uh, just because he makes a lot, a lot of sense um, for what he does. He's got an elite ed, um, elite RAS score. Um, 8.01 so he's not super super great he's a little bit smaller um you know 5'11 188 so he's not like small but he's um not as long as some of the other guys um 
what do we have at interior offensive line? Yeah, let's check out that list real quick. Looks like here, checking this out while I pull it up. Um, I, there's, I know there's always intriguing options here at interior offensive line here on day three. Uh, Michael Manette, center out of Penn State. David Moore out of Grambling State. Tristan Hodge out of BYU. And Tommy Kramer out of Notre Dame, top of the list here. I know we've already done Kramer before, um, so I'm not going to probably go back to that as of right now. Um, yeah, this one's a, this one's a little bit harder because normally we've got a, a guy that we feel really comfortable with. Um, quite honestly, the one that I might feel the most comfortable with out of this group that that we've run off might be Shamarjane Charles, um, just because he's got that uh, that relationship. Uh, with the coach there from Appalachian State. Um, and so that might be the one where I'd, I'd lean in this situation. Um, but, yeah, I'm not I'll, – I'll be honest. I, I'm to this point where I'm looking at these these guys and I, I'm not in love with any of them. What was the edge rushers again? Edge rushers were Jonathan Cooper out of Ohio State and Patrick Jones out of Pitt. Yeah, I. Uh, what do What do you think, Evan? I mean, honestly, I might lean just towards the connection, like you mentioned with James Rowe and Shamar Jean Charles, just because we know that um, Mike DeReese, their um, high East Coast scout, was at his pro day. He ran their drills as well, so there's obviously some interest in the Colton and Shamar Jean Charles. I'd either go with him or Demador Lean Warrior out of Oregon. I know the Colts were interested in him as well. Honestly, I mean, I know um, Jean Charles is at the Shrine Bowl as well as a team captain. So he fits the blue star mold for them as well. So just banking on character here uh, with what we know about how the Colts love that guy. I think I'd, I'd just lean here Shamar Jean Charles, and you could have him and Isaiah Rogers battled out for that backup nickel spot. Yeah, you know what? That You convinced me. I, I, I feel really confident about it now. Let's go ahead and lock it in. Then Shamar Jean Charles, corner out of – Appalachian State will be battling it out with Isaiah Rodgers in camp, and he, he fits the blue star mold as well. So let's just go ahead and lock in here at the sixth round, Shamar Jean Charles at Appalachian State. We're back up on the board here now, Stephen, with our seventh round pick. And looks like here, looking at the list, we have interior offensive line. We have safety as well. We have on the safety list, we have Trey Nord out of Oklahoma, Leon O'Neill out of Texas A&M, and Marcus Murphy out of uh, Mississippi State, top of the list here. And then for interior offensive line, we do have Tommy Kramer, on the board here still at 248. Honestly, at this point, I would probably go with Kramer um, just because he's such a, a good he's – a, he's a versatile depth lineman. Um, and I think that Chris Ballard brought in a bunch of linemen, obviously, this offseason. I think he'd be more than happy to bring in Tommy Kramer. Um, he's an offensive lineman out of Notre Dame that would just add to that competition and, and potentially be able to take one of those spots. And if, if Tommy Kramer can come in and take in one of those – the spots of the guys that Chris Ballard signed and might be able to uh, boost back up the compensatory formula because there's a, a weird caveat to that formula that if the player that would originally qualify is cut by like the fourth week of the season, then that player no longer counts against the compensatory pick formula calculation. So um, I would probably go with Tommy Kramer here. I think he'd be good, solid, young depth. Uh, for the offensive line, which is something that Colts need. Yeah, let's go ahead and lock that in. I mean, I'm on board. That's really if Colts fans have been listening to our live mock dress for a while. That's kind of been our guy here in the sixth, seventh round. He just makes a lot of sense. Competition, a leader at Notre Dame. 
We know Chris Bauer loves to add some offensive line depth, which he does so here at 248. We're going to lock in Tommy Kramer out of Notre Dame to add our second Notre Dame Fighting Irish to our draft board here. But that's the end of our mock draft here, Stephen. Just to go over our mock draft real quick for the listeners again, we moved back from 21 with Cincinnati. We gained 38 and 69. We got Sam Cosme, who was one of our top targets at 21, on the board there at 38 for us still. We take him there. We move back from 54 with Jacksonville. They give us, surprisingly enough, 65 in a future second-round pick, which is going to be huge for next year. We get Efiedi Melifonwu out of Syracuse at 65. Four picks later, Joe Tron out of Washington as a um, gamble at edge rusher. If he does, hey, he's going to be a long-term piece for the Colts as well at 69. Tommy Trimble at 127. I think he's a home run pick. Simi Fahoku, wide receiver out of Stanford, is a jump ball type of guy who can really compete with Desmond Patman long-term for that um, outside spot. And then Shamar Jean, Charles of Appalachian State, and Tommy Kramer out of Notre Dame finish off our mock here. So we have two trade backs. I think we, the Colts do very well in with Cincinnati and Jacksonville. And with all of our picks here, Steve, I feel like almost all these guys could contribute next year, especially what Jim Mercer said on Wednesday about adding a edge rusher, left tackle, and corner. Cosme, Melifonwu, and Tryon easily all could be huge rotational pieces, especially for Cosme, Melifonwu, probably day one starters. Yeah, I think you get three or four guys that could be able to start on day one out of that with Cosme, Melifonwu. Cosme, obviously. Melifonwu could start. Joe Tryon could start. And Tommy Trimble, um, don't forget about him. We got him in the fourth round in this one. Um, you know, it, it's funny because throughout these mock drafts, we have some drafts that we absolutely love top to bottom, some that we're just like, eh, okay with. For this one, I, I really like those first four picks, first five picks. But then you get to like sixth, seventh round, I'm going, eh, you know, I don't know how much I love all this. I don't, I don't know how much I, I love these players that I tell that I've taken, I know they make sense for what the Colts do. Um, and I imagine a lot of teams go through that too, is, you know, they're obviously going to come out and put on a brave face and say, we love every guy that we took. They were the top guy on our board at the time and, and give you all of this. Um, but realistically, you're not always going to be totally happy with it. Now I am very happy with, with the guys we took there in rounds one through five. Uh, I feel very confident about that. But, you know, it was six and seven. I, I was like, eh, all right. Um, but at the same time, round six, round seven, you're just hoping at that point. You're hoping that they're able to develop and make a difference on your team. You don't pick those guys to be your starters because if you are picking round six, round seven guys to be your starters, your team is in dire straits. Um, you are the Houston Texans. You are the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're just hoping that somebody can come in and play. Um, thankfully for the Colts, I don't think they're ever going to be in that situation for as long as Chris Ballard is the general manager. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, too, here, Stephen, we saw it last year with their six, seventh round picks, like Robert Windsor out of Penn State. Like, you could stash these guys in the practice squad, too, how much depth they have. You could see Shamar Eugene Charles and Tommy Kramer be on their practice squad all year as highly protected guys. Even Simi Fahoko is a fifth round pick. Like, if Devin Patman comes out and performs well in camp, like, he could be a practice squad guy, even as a fifth round pick, just with how the depth is with this roster, Stephen, which is goes to show you just how well Chris Bowers built this roster, honestly. PFF actually gave us a grade here in our live mock draft 5.0 of a B plus. That's very good for PFF's grading system. But honestly, Stephen, like with the way the Colts have built the roster, if they add in a left tackle, a corner, an edge rusher, another weapon or two for Carson Wentz, they're pretty set across the board. Yeah, they really are. They like in terms of their frontline starters, the Colts are probably one of the better teams in terms of talent in the league. Um, with the exception, obviously, of of left tackle, defensive end, and 
And really, their starting quarterbacks are pretty good. Um, I want to say Xavier Rhodes was one of the top like three or five corners last year in terms of uh, opponent's passer rating uh, against him. Like He was crushing it last year. And so the Colts' top-of-the-line starters are all pretty good um, at, at every other position. And then you you add in the left tackle, you're able to plug somebody in, and all they have to be is adequate because the rest of the offensive line is so good for the Colts that you can kind of hide that left tackle and give him time to develop while still getting reps, which is kind of crazy to say because you don't normally see that in a left tackle. Um, but, yeah, the Colts would be – they're in really an ideal position. Uh, and, again, we've said this over and over. This happens to be a really good draft at the positions that the Colts need. And it's really weird how it's happened now, like two or three years in a row, where the Colts have a very specific position that they need to address. and it happens to align with that draft. Um, and it just so happens this is – the Colts really lucked out that this is the year Anthony Costanzo decided to retire because this is just the deepest left tackle draft we've had in as long as I can remember, honestly. You've got like seven or eight guys that can come in and start right away, and it's, that's just amazing to me. Steven, always enjoy having you on, and I know our listeners enjoy it as well. Colts fans, go ahead and follow him on Twitter if you have not already, at Nice Read Steve. Go listen to his podcast as well over on stampkeyblue.com. But, Stephen, appreciate the time. You know, we'll be having you back on here, I imagine, the next couple of weeks here. Is, thankfully, and uh, it's going to be fun here, about two weeks away from the NFL draft. Yeah, thanks, Evan.